0: Sunday evening, everybody, and welcome to a very important study of the Word of God. In particular, this evening, we are coming together to study the greatest sermon in the history of the world. We're going to study the sermon as it is called, Sermon on the Mount, recorded for us in our scriptures, especially in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. There are other places in our Bible where this sermon is referenced. in more abbreviated fashion, but our attention will be directed again to Matthew five, six, and seven. So you know what you need to do. Please grab a Bible, maybe even get a a piece of paper and a pencil where you can make some notes as we go through this study together. This is a study that obviously is gonna bless our lives. It's going to be a blessing to those in our circles of love and influence. And I want to encourage you also to not just get a Bible, not just get a writing utensil and some paper, as the teachers say, but also, if you don't mind, if you have other people in your house that are busy doing other things, would you invite them to come and be a, a partner in our study together this afternoon? Also, if you don't mind, would you please share tonight's Bible study with other people that are in your circle of Facebook family, Facebook friends? It's such a simple thing to do, hit the share button, and it can be a a profound difference maker in the lives of those out there that we love. want to be a good influence as best we can. In fact, in this sermon, we'll note that Jesus challenges us, demands of us that we be salt, that we be light, and we can use a platform like Facebook to be salt, to be light, to be Uh, a positive influence on, on all those that that god has has put into our path so i am delighted that you're here what a great day it has already been we were able for the first time in nine sundays to come together in this church facility and worship together, many of us as a, a family. And also many of you were able to worship with us online. And I am so thankful for those who are in the pew and those also online able to join us. Our official count by one of our deacons, Joel Lockley, this morning was one, one, one. 111 were present physically today. And, and many more, a host of others were present with us online. So whether online again or in the pew, I'm thankful for you. Everybody, of course, needs to make their own independent decision as to what is best for them, for their unique family circumstances. Many of you don't need yet to covey up with us physically in in a church building. And and you know who you are, and I'm confident that when the time is right, when it is safest for you to return to us, that, that that'll happen, and I long for that day. But I'm patient and I'm prayerful. And so, I'm, again, I'm just thankful that, that God gave us now the, the beginning of a return, not to normal. No, we're not going back to that. We're going to be better than normal. The world we're leaving behind uh, had some challenges and some flaws and some things we need to do better as we move forward and the, the world we're entering now, I'm convinced is gonna be better than what we're leaving behind. And we're going to be closer to God than we have been before. We're gonna be closer to each other. We're gonna be better neighbors. We're gonna be more thankful, more humble, uh, less less centered on ourselves and, and and material things and and entertainment that we might get from Hollywood or other places. We're going to be more focused on our relationships, especially our relationship with, with our Father and His Son. We have many people that we need to be lifting up in our prayers. Uh, many people literally around the world need us, need our prayers. At 9 o'clock tonight, I hope to be having people of prayer with you. Now, there is a possibility that I might be involved in a big project and unable to do that. And I'm really hoping that won't be the case, but just to alert you, because many of you are so faithful and good to come and and pray with me and others during these people of prayer sessions. But we we might have a conflict tonight at nine. If I do at nine tonight, I know, I believe in all my heart that it'll be resolved before nine o'clock tomorrow night and we'll be in prayer together. But I want to I want to mention several of our, our specific church family. I know we got many people joining us now who who may not be connected in any strong way to tuscumbia so i beg your indulgence that i list for all of us several from the tuscumbia forever family that that are having challenges now dewey willingham had a health event i'll call it earlier today and was taken by ambulance to keller hospital and he is better now but they're 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 doing some tests trying to figure out what what caused some earlier difficulties this day so please be praying for our dear friend Shea Grissom. we continue to lift her up as her radiation treatments continue. Jacqueline Carter had some surgery on Friday, want to keep praying for her. David Walker continues to have his treatments as does Claude Fristo, want to pray for these two great men of God. Also, Ferris McClung had an accident, had a fall at his house and has broken his wrist, arm in some way, is in a cast now, has got to have a follow up in a week or two. So please be, be praying for this great servant and also I just learned Chuck Evans has shingles. So obviously our brother needs needs prayers as well. That's just a sampling of of those among us that that need to be to be prayed for. You remember in this morning's lesson if you haven't already viewed this morning's lesson I hope you'll go back and do that. And there there's one particular section in the lesson where I mention what what I'm trying to do in my prayers during this time. I'm thinking of the word masks and I'm thinking of those that I need to be lifting up based on how that word mask is spelled each letter signifies a group or a thing that i need to be praying for for example m i need to be praying for the medical folks the doctors the nurses those looking for a cure better treatments a vaccine need to be praying for a america our country our nation's ox is in the ditch we're not as pure we're not as clean we're not as as kind yet as we need to be, and our economy for many people is in shambles. There's a lot to pray about concerning America. Want we'll to pray for medical folks? Want we'll to pray for America? And then the letter S. Want we'll to pray for our seniors? Want we'll to pray for those oldest among us who are most vulnerable now? Want we'll to pray also for our senior graduates, those who are missing out on a lot of highlights that you and I probably can fondly recall from our final days of our senior year of high school want to pray for these special folks we also want to want to be praying for our medical folks america our seniors mask want to pray for our kids our, our little kids in this church in particular they're they're leading us in so many wonderful and dynamic ways they're they're being such an encouragement they're busy doing good things but they're also missing out a lot of things that school was taken from them Bible class was taken from them vacation Bible school delayed vacations delayed a lot of things very unsettling I'm sure that they're hearing on the news we need to be praying for these kids I'm so thankful for our children's minister Thad Luser and the great work that he's doing with our parents and grandparents and keeping our children engaged in spiritual things and learning how to be terrific servants so we want to pray for our kids, so we're praying for our, our medical folks, praying for America, we're praying for our seniors, those oldest among us and the, the graduates, seniors. We're, we're also praying for kids and we're praying for our shepherds. Listen, you gotta have great leaders. You gotta have people who, who step forward and and who demonstrate a degree of godliness that, that kind of prompts us all, provokes us all in a good way. To be To be more godly ourselves, and we have a, a fabulous foursome here at at Tuscumbia that that are propelling us forward. They're helping us to get from the old world to the new world, and an older way of living to an even better way of living and It's because of their stewardship leadership we were able to come together in this place this morning, and they're they're keenly concerned about our physical health but also our our spiritual health and There's a balance there. And it is thankfully time for us to wade back into assembling together physically. and I'm grateful that they're at the forefront. they're, they're spearheading that, and they'll be reevaluating as we move forward. So thank you for for praying for our, our shepherds, our leaders. So you got you got this list. We're praying for for M. We're praying for the medical folks. A, we're praying for America. S, we're praying for our seniors. M-A-S-K, we're praying for our kids. And then S again, we're praying for our shepherds, our leaders. Would you bow with me, please? And then let's study together the Word of God. Father, thank you for being with us now as we study your Word, your will, in particular as we study the greatest sermon in the history of the world, the message as proclaimed by Jesus, recorded for us in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Help us, Father, to dig deeply into this into this message this presentation from christ help us to be looking for great principles truths applications for our lives today father there are many people that are sick sad and hurting we pray that you bless them all help us do what we can to bless them all we're especially thinking about dewey willingham sherry grissom jacqueline carter david walker claude Fristo, ferris mcclung chuck Evans we ask you to bless these people with with better days better news soon father bless us now as we proceed through this study help us to be what we ought to be today and every day we love you father thank you for loving us in Jesus we pray amen okay Matthew chapter 5 will be our focus this morning this morning well some of you may watch this later when it is morning our focus this evening will be Matthew 5, 6, and 7, okay? I want you to think about now with me the life of Jesus. Matthew chapter 1, Jesus is born. Matthew chapter 2, Jesus, baby Jesus, goes to hide in Egypt. Matthew chapter 2 also records Herod dying, and then Jesus comes back home to his town of Nazareth. Matthew 1, Jesus is born. Matthew 2, Jesus hides in Egypt, eventually comes home after the death of Herod. Matthew 3, Jesus is baptized by his cousin, John. Got these? Matthew 1, Jesus born. Matthew 2, goes to Egypt, comes back. Matthew 3, he's baptized by his cousin, John. Matthew 4, Jesus is tempted and resists that temptation, and his cousin, John, is arrested. You remembering all these Matthew one is born Matthew two goes to Egypt comes back from Egypt Matthew three he's baptized by his cousin John Matthew four his cousin John is arrested and Jesus is tempted and then Matthew five Matthew five Jesus preaches the greatest of all sermons why why does he do that when he does that if you do the math at that time Jesus is about 30 years of age. Why did he choose this moment to begin publicly proclaiming the message that had been sent to him by the Father and sent through him to us by his Father? Why Why didn't he wait a few more years to, to get busy as a public preacher of the Word of God? Well, it seems to me, if you take a look at the uh, gospel of Matthew chapter 4 verse 12 and verse 17 we get some clues as to why it was the time for Jesus to step forward and proclaim again his father's word verse 12 of Matthew 4 says now when Jesus heard that John had been put in prison he departed to Galilee and then verse 17 from that time Jesus began to preach and to say repent For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You understand what's happening now? The arrest of John, cousin John, the arrest of John the Baptist changed things. John, as you recall, he was a voice crying in the wilderness. He was the one speaking up, speaking out, calling all these men to come to God, to repent of sins. Now what's happened to John? john is in jail and john as we know the rest of the story he's not going to come out of jail alive what does that mean his voice has been silenced so now it is time for the voice of jesus to be heard and it was heard then and it is still time obviously for the voice of jesus to be heard the arrest of john then that was a significant turning point. It was a defining moment in the life of Christ, in the ministry of Christ. Have you ever had a defining moment in your life, a a turning point? Probably you've had a few. I certainly have. I was a sophomore at Freed Hardeman University. I was eating supper with a dear friend named Randy Bell. After supper, Randy went off for a swim in the pool there in the gymnasium and then I went to my dorm room to take a nap, maybe do some studying later. I woke up from that nap with the phone ringing, with the devastating news, my friend that I just had supper with, Randy Bell, had drowned. Randy was dead? How is that possible? I was... You would guess right i was i was devastated so many tears so many prayers I, I i remember just being stunned at this news i remember hitting my knees you know there are just some prayers that you can't pray sitting in a chair standing up you gotta be on your knees and i remember hitting my knees just just begging god first that this somehow is a mistake it can't be true that they got him at the hospital they're working on him they're going to bring him back but they didn't bring him back. it was true he was gone and I just think about why him and not me he my estimation a lot better person much better potential as a preacher. And, and for some reason, he's in eternity and, and I'm still here. I'm in that dorm room. And, and that for me was a, a significant turning point in my life. I, I'm not in any way saying to you that, that I became the perfect person that, that I need to be, but I can tell you this, I became a better person. I know that. I became a better friend. I became a better preacher. Uh, I I became more like I should have been all along, And I do know that now because of that event that I do tend to treat every sermon, I really do as if it may be the last time I'll ever have opportunity to do this. I, I, I try to treat every supper as if it is the last supper I'll have with whoever it is I am around, turning points. Defining moments. Randy's death was that for me. Again, maybe you're recalling now in your own life circumstances. Similar, even maybe far less tragic. You know, Turning point can be actually a very pleasant. The defining moments can be actually fantastic. They don't all have to be disastrous, of course. But sometimes when big things happen, things that are much, much bigger than us, they really can get our attention. They can cause some much-needed and maybe long-overdue self-examination. Wouldn't it be great if we just do that anyway <laughs> and just give ourselves these spiritual checkups in the good times and the bad times? But sometimes we need a jolt. We need something that says, all right, you know, wake up spiritually and, and, and get with it. You ever, again had a moment like that, had a time like that. So the death of John the Baptist, it wasn't a wake-up call for Christ, wasn't anything like that for him, but it was a monumental event because he understands now. If I don't speak up, if I don't cry out for all men to repent, who will? John is silent. It's my time. And Jesus took that mantle He took that baton, as you know, and he began from that moment forward preaching, repent, turn, for the kingdom of God is at hand. So I'm thinking now, if this were my last sermon, and I hope I pray it's not, and this is, I guess, more class than a sermon. But if this were the last time that I have opportunity to say something to you, What would I want to say? How would I want to say it? I'm pretty convinced that if I knew this were our last opportunity to be together, I'd want to say something to you about Christ. I'd actually want to say to you what Christ said, literally, using his words. And I want to try to say it the way that Christ would want me to say it, as a dying person, speaking to dying people. With, with a passion for the Word of God, with with a passion for for people, the people that Jesus came to save, people like me, people like Randy. So, I really can't think of anything better for us to do tonight than to read together this sermon. And I know that requires a lot of discipline on our parts, because it's going to take us about fifteen minutes, and our minds tend to wander very quickly in our in our world these days, we we just don't have a very very lengthy attention span, right? So I want to challenge you to listen intently to the words of Christ tonight, and then next Wednesday, next well next Wednesday we'll talk about the Book of Colossians some more. Next Sunday night, we will we'll have a test. Uh, I, I'll maybe even give you a preview. I've got some questions here that I, I want to ask you next. Uh, Sunday night when we come back together like this if God again is gracious and allows us another opportunity to get together just to see how well we know this greatest of all sermons. it is a sermon of great familiarity to us right but but let's uh, let's just give ourselves a check up and see do we really know this sermon as well as we would think and as well as we should know this sermon but before I read this message with you, I, I want us to just in our minds kind of kind of set the table for what we're going to be seeing here, uh, the, the various themes that are emphasized by Christ. For example, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, the, the words of Jesus, that they teach us here to have a great attitude. He teaches us here to be a great influence, to be the light of the world, to be salt of the earth. He teaches us in this message that we're not to hate people. We're to love people, even our enemies. That we're not to call people bad names. That we are to value our marriages. That we are to tell the truth. That we are to do what's required and then some. He teaches us here not to be a show He teaches us to forgive as we desire to be forgiven. He teaches us to do unto others as we want others to do unto us. He teaches us in this message to not fall in love with things. He teaches us to not worry. He teaches us in this message to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. You see, when we, when we have these words of Christ as dear to us, as important to us, we will find a way to, to embrace the challenges laid out for us by Christ. We'll find a way to obey this message. If it's important, we'll find a way to obey. But if it's not so important, rather than finding a way, we'll find an excuse. True? Let's so value these words, that we're not trying to find excuses to keep from following this, but we'll try to find ways with the help of God to to be all of this, and we'll live a better life, (laughs) and we'll be more blessed, and we'll be a greater blessing to those around us. Do you know what they used to do back in the day when the Word of God was being read to the people of God? People had such awesome respect that they would stand, sometimes for hours, as those Old Testament prophets would share with them, God's sacred words. Now, I'm not gonna ask us this evening to stand as we listen to the reading of the Word of God, specifically, the words of Jesus, Son of God, but can we at least figuratively stand? Can we uh, have that degree of reverence and respect and awe? Let's get away from all things that would distract us, all communication killers, all the things, the clutter, the static of life. Let's put that out of our minds now. Let's imagine the scene. Jesus Son of God, Lamb of God, the one that made all of this, the one that made all of us, the one that in about three years after sharing this message, he's going to get on a cross and he's going to die because he loves me just that much. He loves you just that much. He's speaking now. We should give his words the greatest of attention. True? So let's do that. Let's have great appreciation, affection for the words of Christ now. Looking for truths here that will be almost daily turning points for us. Momentous moments in our lives when we fully embrace the teaching of Jesus to the point of practicing the teachings of Jesus. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted, revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you you are the salt of the earth but if the salt loses its flavor how shall it be seasoned it is in good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Do not think that I am come to destroy the law of the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For surely I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away one jot or one tittle, will by no means pass from the law till all is fulfilled. Whoever therefore breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches men so shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say to you that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. You have heard that it was said, to those of old you shall not murder and whoever murders will be in danger of the judgment but i say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without a call shall be in danger of the judgment and whoever says to his brother "Rechah," shall be in danger of the council and whoever says you fool shall be in danger of hell fire therefore if you bring your gift to the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you Leave your gift before the altar and go your way. First, be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Agree with your adversary quickly while you are in the way with him, lest your adversary deliver you to the judge, then the judge hand you over to the officer, and you be thrown into prison. Assuredly, I say to you, you'll by no means get out of there till you have paid the last penny. You have heard that it was said, those of old you shall not commit adultery but i say to you whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart if your right eye causes you to sin pluck it out and cast it from you for it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell and if your right hand causes you to sin cut it off and cast it from you, for it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. Furthermore, it has been said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you, whoever divorces his wife for any reason except sexual immorality causes her to commit adultery. And whoever marries a woman who is divorced commits adultery. Again, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you should not swear falsely, but shall perform your oaths to the Lord. But I say to you, do not swear at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by the earth, for it is his footstool, nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Nor shall you swear by your head because you cannot make one hair white or black. But let your yes be yes and your no, no. For whatever is more than these is from the evil one. You've heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you not to resist an evil person for whoever slaps you on your right cheek turn the other to him also if anyone wants to sue you and take away your tunic let him have your cloak also and whoever compels you to go one mile go with him too. give to him who asks you and from him who wants to borrow from you do not turn away you've heard that it was said you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy but I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be the sons of your Father in heaven. For he makes his son to rise on the just and the unjust, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors the same? And if you greet your brethren only, what do you more than others? Do not even the tax collectors do so? Therefore, you shall be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect. Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds to be before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets that they may have glory from men but surely i say to you they have their reward but when you do a charitable deed do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing that your charitable deed may be in secret and your father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly and when you pray you shall not be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, surely I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room and when you have shut your door, pray to your father who is in the secret place. And your father who sees in secret, he will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think they'll be heard for their many words. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your Father who is in the secret place and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break through and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore the eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness. No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you'll put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to your stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, and yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own thing. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Judge not that you be not judged, for with what judgment you judge, you will be judged, and with what measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye? but do not consider the plank in your own eye. Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck in your eye and look, a plank is in your own eye. Hypocrite. First, remove the plank from your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give what is holy to the dogs, nor cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under feet and turn and tear you in pieces. Ask and it will be given you. Seek, and you'll find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. For what man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it." because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way that leads to life, and there are few who find it. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in the name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you, depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man winds blew and beat on that house and it fell and great was its fall the greatest sermon in the history of the world we've just heard it together let's now go forth and apply this together this is what the next verse says and so it was when Jesus had ended these sayings that the people were astonished at his teaching. Why is this? The next verse says, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Christ has authority. He has been authorized by God to come to planet Earth to seek and save those who are lost, but also he's been commissioned by the Father to preach this, to teach this, it's our privilege now to listen, to embrace this, to love this message, to share this message with as many people as we possibly can. It doesn't get any better than the sermon we just read, Matthew five, six, and a part of Matthew chapter seven. I appreciate so much you coming and and, and studying this with me tonight. Next. Uh, Next Sunday evening when we come together, I've got 31 questions I want to ask you. Jesus often taught with questions and answers. That'll be our privilege next uh, next time we come together. I'm tempted to ask a few of the questions now, just to kind of give you a flavor of what to be expecting. I'll do that, just a couple minutes. What site prompted this sermon is one of the questions. What's the name of the mountain that Christ preached this message from? What does it mean to mourn, as Jesus mentioned here in the sermon? What's it mean to be merciful, to be meek? What does it mean to be a peacemaker? What reward is promised twice in this sermon? What does salt do? What does light do? What are a jot and tittle that we noticed in here? What does reka mean? What's fool mean? What are six moral problems that Jesus addresses in this sermon? Where does murder originate? What Bible characters got in trouble because of their eyes? Not necessarily connected exclusively with the sermon, but comes out from this sermon. What's the only lawful reason Jesus gives for divorce? How many miles are we to go? We'll look at these questions and maybe some others. Well, certainly some others, Lord willing next Sunday when we come together. Thank you for being a part of our examination, of our reading this evening of the Sermon on the Mount. I love you. I appreciate you. I hope that you have a good remainder of the night, and let's let's do what we can do with the help of God to make this a good week. Life is returning, not to normal, better than normal. Let's do this. Let's embrace this with with eagerness. Let's embrace this with Christ. Let's embrace this with, with one another. Again, 9 o'clock tonight, we usually have people in prayer. not sure I'm going to be available. If I am, that'll be a blessing to me, perhaps to you also. But certainly tomorrow night at 9 o'clock, let's cover you back up. We've got a lot of good people we need to be lifting up in prayer. We'll also be reconvening for Bible class, 6.30, Wednesday night. We will proceed in our study through the great book of Colossians, which emphasizes the greatness of Jesus looking forward to that study. I hope you are also. If you haven't already done so, would you please share tonight's Bible class with, with those in your family of Facebook folks? Uh, they need to know about this sermon. They need to know about this Savior. And what better way to share that, at least at this moment, than by hitting that, that share button. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your encouragement. Thank you for your faithfulness to the Father. And for those of you who participated in our worship this morning, either online worship online or in the pew Really grateful that we're able to come together and do that. I'm already looking forward to next Sunday. Take care, everybody. God bless you. Be safe. Be healthy. Wear masks when you need to wear masks. Let's sanitize. Let's keep a distance between us and others that we might could cause to be sick or that might cause us to be sick. Thanks for being a part of this. Love you guys. Have a great night. Take care. Bye bye.